welcome to Kids First Coming Attractions. Before you go out and spend money on that new movie, make sure to listen to the entire show right here on the Voice America Kids channel. We'll take you behind the scenes and preview new movies and DVD releases. Now, here are all of your hosts for Kids First Coming Attractions. Thank you and welcome to the program, Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids. I'm Jerry Ors and today we will be talking about Into the Woods, Night at the Museum, and Mork and Mindy. And right now we're going to talk to Shelby about the new movie, Into the Woods. How are you doing, Shelby? I'm doing great. How about you? Very good. So can you tell us briefly the story of Into the Woods? Um, Into the Woods is a musical comedy about the journey a baker and his wife must take in order to reverse a curse. It is a very good story. And, uh, you said it's a musical comedy. So what do you think of all the songs? Because I know there are a lot of songs in this. <laughs> yeah, um, I personally love Into the Woods because of all the songs. And um, the songs, unlike other movies, the music played an important role in the film because all of the lyrics expressed everything that the characters were feeling at that point in time. So um, there were a lot of memorable songs and catchy tunes that you could sing along to if you knew the musical. Hmm, very nice. And just kind of like the quality of the songs, were they very catchy or they kind of run run on a bit too much? Um, a couple of songs they were run on. Um, uh, the first song, um, the intro into the woods, it was 14 minutes, but, um, it, it's not only, it's just, the music does play an important role, but as you're seeing the movie, you're also seeing settings, so it's not as, you know, boring, and it's very interesting to listen to the music and see and experience what you're seeing in front of you. Hmm, I see. And it's also a musical comedy, so how was the comedy in this? Um, I thought the princes were pretty funny. Um, there is a lot of uh, funny punchlines. That's very good. It's very bad when the songs are not as... If the songs are boring and then the comedy is boring, just overall a boring movie. So it's good that everything's kind of making you feel included and making the film entertaining. Now, this is kind of, I heard, taking like the after forever, however happy of all the fairy tales that we all know and love. What do you think would be your favorite fairy tale character? Oh my gosh. Um, I guess I would say Cinderella. Cinderella is my favorite. And why is that? Um, I just, I guess because I've like seen so many different versions of Cinderella and I feel like I can relate myself to Cinderella. And um, I like the fact that she has us happy ever after with a prince and it's I find it hilarious that she marries a person who finds her shoe and I just I, I love this story well it sounds nice and I'm just going back to the songs a little bit do you have a favorite song um my favorite song I would say is stay with me um stay with me is a beautiful song um uh, Meryl Streep was uh, has a phenomenal voice, and I I it just brought me to tears listening to her sing. Well, that actually kind of leads me to my next question with Meryl Streep. How was the acting overall? Meryl Streep 
always brings a phenomenal um, experience. And I honestly cannot see anyone else as the witch. And she just brings this energy and she she does a great job with um, actually connecting to the witch because the witch isn't evil all the way and she's not all good. And I love the fact that how she was able to um, know the character and be able to show us the character. Hmm, that's very interesting. And that actually kind of leads me to my next question, which is funny. <laughs> um, it's going in a pattern. Who do you think the bad guy in this film is? Or is there no bad guy? They're all trying to do something that's good. Oh my gosh. Um, that's, that's a difficult question. Most people would say the witch, but the witch, she, she reminds everyone, the audience and the characters that you do have a wish. And, you know, sometimes your wishes aren't what you need. And I think all the characters learn a lot from the witch. And honestly, I can't, I can't choose a character because there's pros and cons about each character. So they're all kind of good and good and somewhat bad, like a human bad. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. You're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Ors, and today we will be talking about Night of the Museum and Mork and Mindy, and right now we are talking about Into the Woods with Shelby. We're just kind of talking about how all the characters are pretty good, but they just kind of, like, make bad mistakes or do something bad, like any normal human, right? Yes. So, my next question is, what is your favorite scene? Ooh, my favorite scene? Ah, that's a, that's a tough one. Um, there's so many great scenes. Um... I think my favorite scene is um, when you learn more about uh, the prince and um, his brother, the other prince. I think that's like my favorite scene where they're talking about the girls that they fell in love with because um, it was it was a pretty funny scene because no one in real life falls in love with someone just by seeing them and then running away on their horse. I, I thought it was pretty funny. Hmm, that sounds funny. Um, since you've been talking about princes a lot, do you think you have a favorite prince? Oh my gosh. Um, I would say Prince Charming. Mm. Prince yeah. Charming is pretty charming. Yeah, Prince Charming, he's charming, but he's also very honest. And sometimes he says things that are the truth, and it's it's very funny. Hmm. And how many stars would you give this film? I would have to give this five stars out of five. And why is that? Why not four or three out of stars? Because I've never seen a musical comedy that's been well done. And being able to put all these, you know, wonderful fairy tales that I've been listening to and seeing on TV and... I just, I, I love the fact that they're all in this one huge fairy tale and there's like so many twists and turns and, you know, the director does a phenomenal job casting uh, each character and the music's amazing, the costumes are outstanding and the set, it's, it's, I felt like I was actually in the fairy tale because there's so, it felt so magical just seeing the movie. 
it does sound very magical, and I actually kind of want to talk a bit more about the set, because I saw a little bit of, I saw, I read a little bit about the set, that it is actually massive, they didn't just, like, do a little scene, they made the entire forest, and it yeah. is massive, so can you tell us about the realisticness and the closest detail of the set? Um, well, most of the scenes are in the woods, and there's several parts of the woods, um, uh, there's one scene where Cinderella, um, she's at her mother's grave and, um, you know, she's talking about how she wishes to go to the ball to meet the prince. And um, it, it's just it's there's this huge, massive tree. And then there's like these leaves. And it's just it's hard to describe unless you see it. But I was shocked at how they were able to make the trees so big and. Um, they were able to make the paths and, um, and, and one of the scenes, actually, you get to see all of the characters running through the woods. And I thought that was very interesting to see the different paths that they were going. And, um, there is, there is a lot of detail. You can see a lot of detail whenever you see a different scene. Well, that sounds very amazing. How many, well, what's the age rating you would give this film? I would give this, um... 11 to 18. And why is that? Because I feel like that older kids would really appreciate what the movie gives you. And you would have to know the fairy tales in order to understand what's happening. Hmm. I see. And speaking of the fairy tales, do you think there are any fairy tales that could have been included that weren't? Um... No, no, actually, no, because those are the only fairy tales that I honestly, truly, like, remember. Okay, well, that's good, then. Thank you so much for talking to me about this wonderful new film, Into the Woods. Thank you. Of course. And if you want to see Into the Woods, it is now in theaters near you. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids. For a show about your favorite movies, stars, and DVD releases? Get ready for Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Your hosts, all eight of them, have been selected by Kids First as film critics through a national competition. Each week, they will preview new movies before you see them, walk the red carpet with the stars, and will review the latest DVDs. Our hosts range from ages 7 to 14 to give you a wider kids' perspective. Kids First Coming Attractions is heard every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Kids. The longer you listen, the later it gets. You're listening to Voice America Kids. What does indie mean? It's short for independent. What does that mean? Whatever you want it to mean. When you are indie, you don't just go with the flow. You set the pace. Indie can mean a style of music, dress, or just a way of life. It's what sets you apart from the rest of the crowd. Everybody has a little bit of indie in them. It's beautiful. It's cool. It's you. Tune in to Indie on Voice America Kids, live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you don't feel indie yet, make it a part of you. 
there right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. We just talked about Into the Woods, and we're going to talk about Into the Woods again and Morgan Mindy. But right now we're going to talk to Brianna about Nine at the Museum. To Secret of the Tombs. How are you doing, Brianna? I'm doing fabulous. How are you? Very good. Sweetie, can you tell us about the final conclusion of Not at the Museum? Of course, of course I will. So, okay, if you've seen the first and or second Night at the Museum, then you know that the characters, or I should say the models of different people in the past come to life with this tablet that um, comes to life for its secret magic and they actually explain in this film how it comes to life It um, a moon person guy <laughs> he really is a small part but I guess if you think about it he's a really big part because he made this tablet thing and um, for a father to be, to be connected with his son always he created this moonstone and it basically brings the magic to life so that the son can always see his father and the father can always see his son. But the magic kind of goes wonky after a little bit because of various reasons. And and so they take it to London and they're like, yeah, what is this? And so it's basically an adventure to fix fix the tablet because once the tablet starts once the tablet completely rusts over, then everyone dies, which is kind of sad. But it is kind of sad. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I laughed after that. <laughs> it is kind of sad, but um, despite that, it is a very funny film. So, how's the humor? Uh, the humor is is great. I, this is the last on screen film that Robin Williams did. So when I saw when I first saw his character um i was like like it was just he he, as teddy roosevelt brought back some memories because i remember seeing the first and second night at the museum and it's like oh my gosh he's so funny so his humor is still there and then sacagawea um played by cecile muzo peck is great and i love her she's my favorite character because she she has a small role and she doesn't speak but she's i don't know she she does so many things in um in Teddy Roosevelt's life, so Yeah. It is true that because there's a lot of parts that don't do much, but they're yeah. very important to the storyline, which is very interesting. Yeah. I forgot his name, but there is kind of this caveman that is kind of like the sun, and he's kind of like, oh, oh. He never kind of he really never speaks. Mm-hmm. And he's always kind of just derpy, but he's a big part of the storyline. He's one of the main characters. That's true, because Law, like, his name is Law, who is also played by Ben Stiller. And um, he, he, he is a funny character. He doesn't do much, but he may, he brings to life the, life the story a little bit. He definitely does, and he's also, like you said, very funny. Now, what do you kind of think of the idea that they're going to a London museum to reenact this artifact and kind of just what do you think of this as the wrapping up for not of the museum well okay the past two nights at the museums have stayed 
obviously, in the United States. So I thought it was very interesting and very smart to do something completely different, not have it stay in um, stay in the United States because it's like, well, what else would they do in the United States? So um, I thought it was very interesting to have them go to London and have them go to the museum to do whatever they have to do there because it's different characters that makes a whole different cast. So there's new faces, new voices, new new characters. So that was that was pretty in- interesting, and I thought it was because you could see a few like Rebel Wilson was in this as the security guard, and I love her. I absolutely love her. I loved her on Pitch Perfect. So she is amazing, and um, she's very funny. She is a very funny girl, and um, I like I like how they took it to London. Hmm, that is, I definitely agree with you on that. You're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jerry Ors. Today we will talk about Into the Woods and Mark and Mindy. And we talked about Into the Woods. And right now we're talking to Brianna about Night at the Museum. And we're just kind of talking about how it's taking place instead of in the United States. In London, it's kind of new faces, new characters. And some of these characters are pretty awesome. And all of that. So, my next question is, do you think there is a bad guy? Do you think they're all good guys that have different intentions? Well, okay. So, I feel as though, like, in the beginning of the story, Ben Stiller is talking with his son. And his son is like, no, I don't want to go to, uh, I mean, he's having decisions about college. And he's like, well, I don't know. Well, I don't know if this happens. And I don't know if this happens. So, there's a bunch of, like, problems at home that he is to deal with, but there's also the problem of the tablet, and there's also the problem of what's wrong with the tablet. So, and But, like, halfway through the film, I'm not going to say his name because that'll spoil it, but there's this guy that you think in, is an alliance, but he turns out not to be an alliance, so they have to, like, figure out how they're going to get it from him and get it to where they need to get it. So there's this whole big web thing, but it makes a lot of sense. So, Hmm, I see. And what do you think your favorite scene was? My favorite scene would have to be when they introduce Tilly, who is Rebel Wilson, because she she's just like when she was in Pitch Perfect. If you've ever seen Pitch Perfect, she, she kind of goes on a tangent, or she doesn't talk what's on subject, or she's just like, she just keeps talking. And in this film, when you first see her, she just keeps talking. And it's hilarious to see Ben Stiller's reactions and his faces because he's not met this girl before. And she, and he's in London, so it's like, I don't know what's going on. And she is talking to him like they are old friends. And, and he and her have been best friends since middle school. And I just think it's hilarious that she, she doesn't care. She just speaks for what she feels. I definitely agree with you that she is a very talkative person and very kind of outgoing person too because she, she shows her emotions very well. What do you, well, how many stars do you think you would give this film? I give this film four to five stars. And the reason I don't give it five stars is because, um, you know how you have those movies that, I mean, they're awesome and there's nothing wrong with them, but it's like you don't have that extra. Like, if that makes any sense, it's like, 
it's nothing nothing was wrong with the film and actually the music was great the soundtrack was was awesome the visuals were outstanding but i was just missing a little umph and i don't really know what that umph is but <laughs> i felt something missing you know i think i know what you mean you just kind of felt like you were left behind you were left yeah. out that there's something you needed more but you didn't True. get it yes thank you for understanding bro of course, I think I felt the same way with a lot of different films, and a little bit with this film as well. How many, well, what do you think someone, well, the age range, what do you think the age rating should be? I give, the age range I give this film is 8 to 18, because it does have a lot of, I mean, it, it, it is very funny, and there are a lot of humorous things, and the storyline is absolutely great, and um, I just think that younger ages might not understand it as well because I don't think they would understand the first two as well. So you don't have to watch... Well, you need to at least watch one of this of The Night at the Museum or you'll be totally confused. So, but that's that's pretty much it. I personally think that the first one would be better because it's kind, of, it's kind yeah. of an introduction. But the second one is just kind of like a middle adventure that really does that's not true. add anything to the storyline the third one is a wrap-up so i definitely recommend if you like the first one and you like the second one then definitely see the third one that's just my recommendation personally now what do you think of kind of the historical side do you think that you felt that you learned something historically or do you think that they had that it was cool that they had fun with history in their hands well i love um I love geography class, which is what I'm in right now. And we learned a lot of things and I had to choose I had to choose the country of Egypt. And so we learned well, I had to learn all about Egypt and we did this whole research paper and all of this stuff. And so when they mentioned Egypt mm-hmm. and when they mentioned the few different things like um Pompeii was not in Egypt, but we learned about that. I just feel, I I felt very included because I knew a lot of the stuff that they were talking about. And so you have, you kind of have this light in your head or not a light in your head, but a light bulb on top of your head. Like, oh my gosh, I know that. And I know that. And I know that. So the historical aspect of it was, was great. I really liked it because it, it intermingled a lot of history. Hmm. I see. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about this wonderful film, Night at the Museum, Secret of the Tomb. You're welcome. And if you want to see Night at the Museum, it is now in theaters near you. Let's take a break. I'm Jerry Ors, and you're listening to Kids First Coming Attractions on Voice America Kids. Tune in every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, on Voice America Kids. What does indie mean? It's short for independent. What does that mean? Whatever you want it to mean. When you are indie, you don't just go with the flow. You set the pace. Indie can mean a style of music, dress, or just a way of life. It's what sets you apart from the rest of the crowd. Everybody has a little bit of indie in them. It's beautiful. It's cool. It's you. Tune in to Indie on Voice America Kids. 
live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time. If you don't feel indie yet, make it a part of you. We didn't invent Kid Talk. We perfected it. And at a very young age, you're listening to Voice America Kids. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the Tech Team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Real kids, you are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, and welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Brianna Hobiton, and you're listening to The Voice America Kids. And today we have just finished speaking about the Night of the Museum, Secret of the Tomb, and we are talking about Into the Woods and later Mork and Mindy. So right now we are speaking with Willie about Into the Woods, which we have previously talked about, but we're going to get more into the action right now. So how are you, Willie? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing fabulous. Thank you for joining us today. So can you tell us the plot line of Into the Woods? Well, Into the Woods is a bunch of plots kind of mixed together. You have the stories of Cinderella, Little Red Riding Hood, um, you know, the wolf, uh, and various other stories mixed into one and how they all interconnect. Ooh, cool, cool. I did see this film, and I absolutely loved it. I love musicals. I mean, as long as the musical is not like, oh, I'm just going to start singing because I want to, <laughs> I'm pretty down for any musical. So what is your favorite character? Uh, I, I love The Witch. I've always loved The Witch. Even when I saw the, uh, the original Broadway version, The Witch is always my favorite. And it helps that she's played by my favorite actor ever, Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep is amazing. She has done so many things. She was in 100-Foot Journey, which was also fabulous. So what is your favorite scene in this film? My favorite scene is probably the opening prologue. Which <gasps> yes. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? It's about 15 minutes long, and it features some of the best musical editing and, and film editing and sound mixing you're going to see in a musical. That's true. I, I, a lot of people were like, why was it 14, 15 minutes? It was so long. And I'm like, yeah, it was 15 minutes, but I loved every minute of it. It was, it was very vibrant. It had a lot of changes in tone, a lot of changes in character. It wasn't just one character singing for 15 minutes because then I would have been like, okay, you need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> so how well do you think the writers did in, this tel- in telling this story and kind of remaking, not completely remaking, but remaking the, the Broadway version? Well, luckily, the, the writer for the book for the Broadway version also um, helped out in the writing for the film version. I mean, there, there are a few lines added. Hardcore fans of the musical will notice that. But <laughs> overall, the writing is, is pretty true to the original stuff. Yeah, I've heard a couple of the songs like from the original cast and everything, and, if, and a few of the lines are different. But I think that in this situation, I think they changed it for the better. I'm not saying that the original lines are bad. I'm just saying that in this instance, it was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. How did you like the costumes and the wardrobe? Because it was very detailed in my opinion. Well, with the time period, costuming and, you know, makeup and hairstyling, all that's very important. 
and I think the film did a really, really good job of doing that. We've seen in recent musicals like Nine and, and Les Miserables, mm-hmm. you know, period musicals, that costuming is a very important part. So uh, I, I think they nailed it in Into the Woods. Yes, because along with other aspects of the film, like acting, of course, and directing, and the the sounds and the visuals and and everything else that goes within a film, you also now have to deal with that period that what they wore what they sounded like what how they would do this how they would do that so i think that's an extra thing that they have to worry about and i give respect to people like that they can handle that so was it easy to follow along it's very easy to follow along thanks to the editing and the great direction by rob marshall each story gets its due time and you know their inner connection is is weaved perfectly Yeah, I love the moment where you see this, you see all of them going into the woods and they don't see anyone else, but you see Little Red Riding Hood, you see Cinderella, you see the baker and his wife, you see so many other characters and they're all in the same place, but they don't know it. And I love that part because it's like you all touched for a single moment at at this scene. So how about the music? Because this musical comedy is mostly songs. So how did you think the songs went? I am a huge fan of Stephen Sondheim. He's one of my favorite composers, and Into the Woods is one of his better shows. Mm-hmm. Among other things, he's also done Sweeney Todd and Company and things like that. I love the music in Into the Woods. I love all the songs. I love the times that you know they come in. Um, I can't really point out any flaws in the music. I, I, I love the music personally, and I think others will too. Yeah, what is your favorite song? Probably Last Midnight. Um, oh, yes. Yes, one of my favorite ballads. Meryl, you know, does a great job not only singing it, but acting it. Um, You know, you could feel the emotion. I love Stay With Me. Um, Agony was hilarious. Mm -hmm. Uh, The whole theater was was rolling in laughter during Agony. Um, You know, a few people got teary-eyed during Stay With Me, too. So Into the Woods just features a lot of great acting with the songs and not just, you know, plain singing. That's true, because with songs and musicals, you have to consider the acting portion as well as the singing portion so i think they did a phenomenal job in that you're listening to the voice america kids network i'm your host brianna hope and you're listening to voice america kids and today we are talking about into the woods and mork and mindy tv show so right now let's continue speaking with willie about into the woods and we were just speaking about the music and how well they performed it and how well their acting showed through it so what do you think the age range for this film is um, there are, there are some dark, darker themes, um, even though Disney kind of cleaned it up a little bit. There are still some darker themes, so I'm going to say 13 and up. So, you know, I think uh, anyone over the age of 13, maybe, maybe even 12, can um, you know, handle, understand, and appreciate the themes that, that the movie's trying to tell. Yeah, is there anything that you would like to tell parents, I mean, before taking their children here, or is it pretty clean? It's pretty clean overall. Um, you know, I'm not going to give away any spoilers, but all of the quote-unquote, you know, dark things that happen happen off-screen, and there's really only one major major uh, plot point that could be considered, you know, kind of disturbing. So mm-hmm. it, it's it's fine. It's fine. That's true. Yeah, it, I think it was pretty. It was pretty pretty good. 
like with the whole aspect of age ranges and darkness and, and whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking about the acting a few moments ago. How do you think the emotions showed through the other characters, and how do you think the emotion—I mean, the characters—got along with other characters? One of the best things about um, this show specifically is how great of an ensemble it is. It's such an ensemble show. All the actors have to connect even if, if they're not in the same scene or even within the same story, and, and they did that perfectly. You know, Meryl Streep and Anna Kendrick, Emily Blunt, James Corden, uh, Tracy Ullman, all of them, you know, ha- had this sort of, this sort of vibe with, with each other um, rhythmically with the music, and when they come together in their scenes, it, you know, it's very well-paced, as if you're watching a live show like, like in theater. Yeah, that's true, because with all of the characters, it's like they had their own sense of individuality, why I think that's a word, <laughs> and, um, but they also intermingled well with each other. It wasn't just like, okay, get out of my way, or you're not, not supposed to be here. It was like, okay, well, I'm going to accept you as a character, and I'm going to play off of you like you are someone that should be here. So I thought that was very interesting. How many stars do you give this film? I give Into the Woods, um, if it's on a five-star rating, I give it um, four and a half out of five stars. And why is that? Because I noticed that the first half of the film, you know, is very vibrant. It jumps. It's the lighter, more comical part. But then when it dips into the second half, it, it kind of goes astray, you know, mm-hmm. as, as if Rob Marshall, um, you know, tried try to be a little, tried try to force the drama just a little bit. It's... It's not doesn't seem like a big deal, but it's it's an obvious um, you know tonal contrast that dips off in the end. But that that's pretty much the, uh, the only criticism I have. Yeah, well, at least that's the only thing because in a lot of musicals, I mean, there are many times where the actors, when they're singing, it's like, well, that seemed very forced or that seemed very fake, if you will. So a lot of the songs, or many, or I, sh- I can say all of the songs in this film were very, they flowed very well, and they had a nice feel to them. Uh, how, okay, this film was about maybe two hours and 10, 15 minutes. How do you think the, um, think the length of this film was? I, I, th- I think the length is fine. Um... The first half definitely seems shorter than the second half, only That's because so of, true. yeah, only because of the tone and the editing and stuff like that. But uh, the the length is fine, in my opinion. I I can't really see anything that should have been, you know, fast should have been faster or shorter. The length is fine, in my yeah. Opinion. With me, I don't know. Lately, it's been like when I watch films my attention span has been off because I've been watching so many films from the break. So seeing Mm -hmm. this film, I'm like, why is it so long? But now that I think about it, it wasn't long at all. It was just my attention span wasn't that long. So I I definitely understand your point of view from the length and how long it was. Well, Willie, thank you so much for talking with us today and telling us all about Into the Woods. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. It's always a pleasure speaking with you. It's in theaters now, people, so please check that out. Let's take a break. I'm your host, Brianna Hobiton from Kids First Coming Attractions, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. You're a 
responsible person, and you're trying to do everything you can to save the planet. But are you doing enough? We've got the right person to help you keep on thinking green. Mario Jr. is the host of Alive and Green. The show is all about green tips, staying environmentally friendly, and having fun while doing something great for our Mother Earth. You'll want to check out the show Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. If we all do our part now, it'll only mean a brighter and better future for us later. We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids. There's so much going on in the tech field. The tech team is here to sort it all out so that you know exactly what you need to get and what you should avoid. In this age of cell phones and text messaging and new discoveries every single day, you need to be informed. We'll bring you previews of new products, technology news, and help you make the right decision when you are out there buying that new MP3 player, cell phone, or mobile device. Don't do a thing until you've tuned in to the tech team. Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Kids. Keep it right here. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You are tuned in to Kids First Coming Attractions on the Voice America Kids channel. Shh, turn your phone off. Another movie is coming up. Hey, welcome back to Kids First Coming Attractions. I'm your host, Brianna Hopita, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. And today we have just finished speaking to Willie about Into the Woods, and we are now talking about Mork and Mindy with Jerry. Thank you for joining us today, Jerry. How are you? Very good. Thank you for asking. So now that I get to talk to you about Mork and Mindy, which I have seen a few times, not the actual show, but like clips of it and and things because, you know, Robin Williams in it. So obviously it's amazing. So can you please tell us about the plot line to this? Of course. So pretty much Mork and Mindy, it's about this alien named Mork, who is from the planet Orc. It kind of runs, get it? And he is sent to, to Earth to study humans, to kind of get... To learn the culture, and at the end of every episode, he contacts he kind of the like the leader of Orc Orson through like his brain. They're very advanced species, um, and like talks about it, like lessons he learned. But he lands on Earth and he makes good friends with this girl Mindy, and Mindy kind of guides him through kind of Earth society because he's not used to it. He's used to a completely different society, and it's overall just a really funny show. And it's a very unique idea because, yeah, there are a couple of these types of comedy kind of TV shows, but none of them that have, like, this idea. And it was very advanced, especially the special effects for its time. This was made quite a while ago, and they did some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, a lot of, um, a lot of, like, aliens coming to Earth usually results in aliens trying to blow up the human race (laughs) and so i think it's kind of refreshing even though this is not a recent tv show but it's refreshing to see something that doesn't end with the world blowing up (laughs) so a lot of things were a lot less violent back when robin williams did this so i'm glad that you liked it and i'm glad that the storyline is so crazy awesome yeah you know honestly you can see morg as an alien Kind of as innocent as E.T. from E.T. Yeah. Because he really doesn't know anything. He's just like a little child. He is learning. He's not hurtful to anybody. And even when people find out, they're kind of like, um, I'm really not scared. Because he's not scary. He looks normal. He's just like a normal kid trying to get used to Earth and society. 
Or yeah, it's not like it's not like he's coming to destroy anything. It's just I just want to learn, guys. I just want to learn. Which makes him so, more like a kid even more. Yeah, it's like I I because we, when we are kids, I am a kid. We learn, we go through school, and we learn a lot of these different things. But a lot of things that we learn aren't in school. It's through our situations and through the problems that we deal with. So it's very interesting that this kind of brings up to the surface the problems and situations that an alien has so who is your favorite character no i'm gonna have to go with Bork because you people may diss me for uh, choosing the main character but even if he wasn't the main character i love him one because like you said robin williams and this is one of his earliest projects mm-hmm. well actually yeah his second project or first or second project that he did on uh, in in front of a camera, so this is one of his first, and he did fantastic in it. His humor is the best. It's the best humor I've ever seen in a TV show, and it's just kind of a good way of remembering if you were a big Robin Williams fan, a good way of remembering him, and I just think it is fantastic, and Robin Williams plays Mork so well, and kind of just has the innocence. He can does, he does this innocence look, because a couple of episodes, Mork does break the law, and he doesn't know it. He's like, oh, no. And it's just so innocent, and Robert Williams plays it so well. So even if Mork wasn't the main character, he can have maybe two or three lines in the entire series, and I would still like him the most. That's nice. It's like, I didn't know it was illegal. I don't even know what illegal is. <laughs> exactly. But- it's nice. I love watching things that my that my favorite actors and actresses were in in their early early ages and their early films and their early TV shows because it sees how much you can see how much they grew or or were they awesome at the beginning? Like I love seeing that. I saw What's Eating Gilbert Grape with Leonardo DiCaprio and um, Johnny Depp, which was amazing. So, what do you think the age range of this film is or the TV show? <laughs> Well, it's definitely meant for kind of like teenager, young adult, because there are a couple of more mature references. But the thing is, I'm sure that a child wouldn't get uncomfortable because it took me even me a second to realize that they're referencing some uncomfortable things. So I think that honestly, A218 is good because, yes, there are some references but it's honestly just turns out really funny. There's nothing really serious that's very dangerous. There's I've watched about three seasons now. I'm still watching it. And there's only been one kind of dramatic, sad episode, which is pretty awesome. And it's just definitely humor that kids can relate to. And like I said, kids can relate to Mark because he's learning. He's new and he's getting scolded for things he doesn't know. So it's... I just think that anybody will enjoy this, honestly, any age. Yeah, because it kind of brings to the point, it it brings to the surface that adults are still learning. Everyone is still learning until, until, I mean, you never know everything, so everyone is still learning. And I like that this brings to the surface that people learn. You're listening to the Voice America Kids Network. I'm your host, Brianna Hobiton, and you're listening to Voice America Kids. And today we are talking about Mork and Mindy TV show with Jerry. And we were just speaking about how Mork has this essence of innocence, and he also likes to learn a lot about like humans and human nature and how they do everything that they do. So 
Is there anything that you would change or add or take away from this TV series? The only thing I would change is that it ended, sadly. I wish this went on forever because I love it. It's definitely the best TV show I've ever seen in my entire life. And it did go on for a very long time. It went up quite a few seasons. So I'm very glad that they were able to do the show. And honestly, I think it's perfect just the way it is. I mean, for goodness sake, his spaceship is an egg. (laughs) <laughs> How much better can it get than that? That his spaceship is an egg. True, true. Because I love, I mean, we get into TV shows and we're like, oh my gosh, did you see this? Did you see this? And then when they end, you're like, no, 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 it doesn't have to end. And then you get all emotional. And then that's a whole different story, though. But I totally understand the feeling of wanting more because I feel it a lot with TV shows and movies nowadays. What is one thing that stood out to you the most in this TV series? I think the one thing that stood out the most to me is kind of the spaceship, like I was talking about. Because they're not this galactic, big, monstrosity, super sci-fi, futuristic-looking spaceships. They're literally an egg. I'm not even kidding. They are an egg. They're a gigantic (laughs) egg that opens up, and inside is a one-seat capsule. There are bigger eggs that hold multiple people. So, keeping it simple. (laughs) I think that was a really cool idea and twist on the sci-fi-y look because everything doesn't have to be so complicated. And also, kind of the whole idea of this, or of this, well, more advanced orc civilization. Yeah, their bodies are more advanced, they have much more advanced things, but they actually have a lot of things humans, well, they don't have a lot of things that humans have. For example, romance, they, actually, Mark does know what illegal is, because romance is illegal on Orc. They don't know what having a mother is. They don't know what having a father is. They don't know what having any of these things is. They don't know what school is. So, it's kind of cool, because you can see that even though they are considered a higher, much more powerful race, they are, actually, society a lot lower than humans. Technology-wise, yeah, a lot higher, but society-wise, they're a lot lower. So it's very interesting to see that perspective of aliens because they really don't show that in movies anymore. It's always these big, green, disgusting creatures that are trying to kill us, and they have advanced everything. Yeah, and it's like, it's like, I mean, I'm sure they they went to that idea of this whole weird really complicated spaceship but they're like no let's just keep it simple because i'm sure they had thought about it and it's like rich man poor man the rich man had all these things but he didn't have the relationships that we need as human beings and that we want as human beings and the poor man had not a lot but he had a great family so i mean just because you have a lot of things don't mean that you have everything that you actually need so that was very nice of you jerry would you like to see it again like if you if you had a chance to be like okay i'm see i'm like because i watched i do it a lot i rewatch episodes but would you like to see this again I I could watch it until the day I drop dead, honestly, because it's just good. I can watch this every single living moment of my life from now, and I would enjoy it. There's just that many episodes. They're always that entertaining, and you can always just kind of rewatch it and kind of 
try to find some more humor in it. Mm-hmm. Because the first time you're watching, you're watching for more of the story perspective than the humor perspective. So I actually think rewatching is a good idea. So you can appreciate the humor more. You know the story, you can just concentrate on the humor now. Yeah, because it's like every time every time you watch something, it you see different things that you didn't see the time before you watched it. So I love rewatching things because it's like, oh I get it now and oh I get this and oh I didn't see that before. So it's a good idea to rewatch things, people. How many stars do you give this film? Absolutely, five out of five stars. If I could, I would give it a million stars, but the maximum is five. So I give it five <laughs> out of five stars for, because it's just everything is wonderful. And I'm concentrating on more, but all the other actors and actresses are fantastic. They play their emotions perfectly. Um, the Mindy, the character, what I kind of like is that she doesn't stay serious when Morg is making all these funny things. She actually laughs. Which I think is a fantastic uh, directing idea because Mindy should find this funny as a character. She sees this weird man that looks like a human that's doing all these weird things and it's kind of hard to forget he's an alien because he looks so much like a human. And it is funny and I'm kind of glad that they let her laugh like that because it is really kind of making the story look all of that more realistic. Yeah, it's a different choice, which, you know, you always need. You always need a different choice. You always need a different a different avenue to go down. Well, Jerry, thank you so much for talking with us today and telling us all about Mork and Mindy. Of course, thank you so much for letting me talk about this fantastic show. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, this is a co-host to a co-host, bro. We're both hosts together. Yeah. <laughs> it just became available on DVD, so please check that out. And please look. For our reviews on the Huffington Post, we're in the teen section and our blog is called Kids First. Thanks so much for joining us. This is your host, Brianna Hobiton, and you have been listening to Kids First Coming Attractions. And just to say, this is our first show of 2015, so thank you for listening in. To hear more film reviews and to learn how you can become a Kids First film critic, go to kidsfirst.org. And check out our Kids First blog on the Huffington Post. This show is produced for the Voice America Kids Network by Kids our radio we empower kids thank you again for tuning in to kids first coming attractions on the voice america kids channel now you know what to see and speaking of see we'll see you again next week from Bookworm. Now from the Kitsler Album of the Month, here is the Wiz Pops and their song, Anglerfish. Luminescent rock.
Wisp Pops from the Kickstarter album of the month. 